At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Perfect. Hello, confidants. Welcome, my sweet, ooh, accessible, empowered, educated confidants. Welcome back to another episode of Confidently Insecure. This is the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and I'm so excited to introduce our guest this week because her name is Chelsea Hill. That's her last name. She is the CEO and founder of Rolex LA, a Los Angeles-based wheelchair dance team that empowers women with disabilities to live boundlessly and shift perspective through dance and representation of like female empowerment. And yay, Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Thanks so much for doing this. I got to just jump right in and ask you, how did your love for dance begin? So it actually started at a very young age. So I actually started dancing when I was three and I started competing nationally and regionally when I was five years old. So my passion for dance started at a very young age. And, um, honestly it was something that I felt like was the only thing I was really good at. You know, mm. I, I, when I started competing nationally and, um, I would always bring home a trophy, you know, <laughs> that was like yes. something that I always, you know, I love doing. So I started dancing very young and that's where my passion kind of grew. I love that. And what is it about dance that makes you feel so good? I think for dance, it's always been the one thing that I can go to when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm confused, when I just want to have an outlet that maybe I don't know how to explain myself verbally, but physically I can like, I just dance it out, you know? Mm. So dance has always been the one thing that has saved me, I think from so much, even before, you know, my life changing incident, you Mm. know? And I think like, just growing up, that was the one thing that I could go towards that was mine, that Mm. I didn't feel like anyone could take away from me. Mm. That's so important and also awesome to have such a passion at like a young age that you've continued to do like until (laughs) until now. Like, I feel like that's such a rare thing to have that lasts as long as it does. Um, I want to talk about this life-changing incident, if you're comfortable with it, and how that sort of changed your pathway or maybe uh, existing thoughts about what your dance journey looked like. Yeah, so, um, you know, I was a senior in high school, and I was out at a party with friends. We were all drinking, and uh, long story short, someone was like, hey, we're leaving. Does anyone need a ride? And I was like, yeah, I do. I need need to go home. I have Mm. work in the morning. Um, I ran out to the first car I saw, I got into the back seat and, uh, long story short, we ended up hitting a tree head on going Mm. about 35 miles per hour. Mm. And, uh, my driver was drunk Mm. and, uh, I don't visually remember anything. I remember Mm. the different feelings I went through Mm. that in that moment, I remember feeling like, you know, the helicopter, cause I was life flighted to the nearest trauma Mm. center. 
Um, And I remember all those different emotions. But for me, I really started remembering a lot more about two weeks after the accident. Oh, wow. Um, So I had a seven and a half hour back surgery um, and I was uh, labeled as disabled and Mm. at the age of 17 and, you know, told that I was never going to walk again again. And uh, the doctor came in. I remember very clearly about two weeks after the accident. And he was like, so do you have any questions for me? And I was like, well, yeah, why can't I feel what? my legs? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I feel my legs? Cause you mm. know, my family, my friends were just saying like, Oh, it's the, it's the medicine, it's the medicine. And, mm. and, uh, he said, well, you have a spinal cord injury and you're never going to wow. walk again. Wow. And I was like spinal cord injury. Wow. So that's kind of, you know, where my whole life was flipped upside down. And, um, mm. I, first thing I said was like, well, I don't just walk like I'm a dancer. And he was mm. like, I'm so sorry. That's not possible. And then my second question was, well, can I solve kids if I'm paralyzed? And he was wow. like, well, you can talk to your parents about that. So pediatric <laughs> ICU. But, um, but yeah, my first question was about dance. Wow. Wow. There's, there's so much there to like break down and I don't want to like live in the trauma of what that experience was like for you. But the fact that it just goes to show that dance was like your number one thought and your love. And can you tell me about the journey of realizing that you very much fucking can dance again? Thank you very much, doctor. But like, (laughs) what was that process? I'm sure it didn't just happen overnight, but what did that look like growing back into and grappling with that thing you love? Um, you know, I think for, for everyone that gets, a spinal cord injury or, you know, life-changing incident, I think, you know, we all kind of think like, oh, it's temporary, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for so long, you, you're, you learn that you break a bone, it heals and you go back to your normal life, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just like the cycle of what's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. So me thinking, okay, I broke my back. Okay. I'm going to heal and then I'll go back to my normal life. I thought that this was temporary, Mm -hmm. you know? So while I was in like rehab and learning how to like get dressed and get in and out of a wheelchair. Like mm-hmm. I remember my dad walked in he goes, Hey, I ha-, he had his computer. He goes, he goes, I want you to see something. And I was laying in my hospital bed and he set the computer down. He goes, watch this. And he played this video of this woman dancing on YouTube in her wheelchair for Snoop Dogg. And I was like, <laughs> this is cool. You know? And, and I, I remember like my wheels started turning and I was like, I would do this differently. That looks weird. And I was so against it. Cause I was mm. like, I'm going to get out of here. It's my back's going to heal and I'll go back yeah. and I'll dance with my legs. Sure. So the journey to finding and re-falling in love with dance mm. was, I would say pretty quick, but also a long time, you know, mm. like I had to mourn mm. over time, the life as a dancer that I thought I was going to have. Mm. I had to mourn what my life period was going to look like. Mm. And I had to re-fall in love with dance there. You know, I'll mm. share this one moment with you. Um, I auditioned for a fully able-bodied dance team. Yes. I was the only wheelchair user. And uh, I made the dance team. And I remember Let's we were practicing go. one time. And I remember looking in the mirror and I was off to the side practicing and they were all together. And I just started bawling Mm. because I was like, oh my gosh, like I look so different. So, Mm. um, it was definitely a long journey, but I think that journey in every moment and every low I hit with it made me a stronger dancer Mm. and made my passion for dance so much stronger. Wow. Yeah. I, I wonder, I mean, 
I, I relate to the idea of having to like mourn your former self. I had a, a nerve injury during a surgery that completely changed my life and having to everything, everything changed, like let alone the passions and having to figure out how to literally talk again when the nerve damage occurred in my face. I was like, that's mm. fucking ironic that the universe gave me <laughs> the nerve injury in my face, which is like literally what I use to do for a living. And yeah. do you find any like irony or perhaps like purpose in the pain of, again, like being a dancer and then having to learn again, to be mm -hmm. a dancer in a different way than you imagined? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for me, I, I always wanted to do something in the dance world. I mm. didn't really know what it was. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll own a dance studio one day. I don't know. Maybe I'll do this. And for me now, you know, running an all women's wheelchair dance team, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yes. Soon, but like, I feel like the universe kind of was like, this is where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Mm. And, you know, I feel like whatever path I was supposed to go down, I feel like the wheels gave me like a very mm. direct, a very direct path, you know? Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting is a lot of people look at me, you know, you can't tell on the screen, but I'm mm. a wheelchair user, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you, you can't see my wheelchair, but mm -hmm. people will look at me and go, look at all things she probably cannot do mm. when they have no idea about all the things that I can do all the mm. things that I have done mm. and how my wheelchair and my disability has catapulted me into this amazing world to showcase disability. You know, like Ugh. there's always a negative and every positive, there's always sure. a positive and every negative, you yeah. know, and it's really just the mindset that you, that you choose to look at that mm -hmm. is going to make or break you, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not lost on me too, that I, feel your positivity and like choice in choosing positivity. And I'm sure it wasn't always that way. Like something I love about your Instagram and the posts you make are really showing like, Hey, it, I wasn't always this way. Like your brand is very positive and encouraging and uplifting, but I think it would feel like for anyone unrelatable if you didn't share those, those more negative experiences that like changed your brain literally to say, I have a choice here about how I play with the cards that I was dealt. And mm -hmm. I wonder how you got to that mindset. Right. And you, you talk about that moment with the able body dance team that you, you felt so different. And did you feel like it was a series of being, I don't know, maybe treated differently or seen differently that made you go, okay, fuck this. I'm going to make my own thing. Or can you talk a little bit about what inspired the roulettes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that really inspired this whole thought of a wheelchair dance team was I want my passion and my drive was I wanted friends. Yeah. I wanted to find other mm. people. I was like, there's no way I'm the only person in the world that made a mistake, got in the car with a drunk driver that's mm. now perilous. I can't be the only girl mm. that's like this. Right. You know, and so, you know, luckily I was on a reality show like right when I was newly injured. And then that gave me a platform to reach out to girls on social media. Yes. And I was like, hey, you want to come and like dance in my hometown? And I, my, my goal with that was to show my hometown that like, I'm not alone. Like mm. other people are also paralyzed. Like there's more of us, you yeah. know? So that was really like the root of starting it was mm. I wanted friends and I wanted to show my community that like, 
you could have a great life still, you know, and like, I'm not mm-hmm. feeling one. So that was really the passion behind it. And, mm. you know, we, when I started this idea 10 years ago, it was really just to like have friends. And then we put out a video online and, and then we got like our first gig and then we got asked to do like a, fa- a fair and then like wow. a, um, a parade and little things like that. So it just kind of exploded, you know, yeah. but it purely was just to find friends. So you, you set out this call of like, Hey, I want to start this thing. Did you find that people were coming from all over the country? Was it where you were based and then moved? Like, how do you Mm -hmm. get everyone together when not only putting together a team is challenging, but then you have to add like the physical challenges that it takes to get all of those people in one, uh, team and experience. So in the beginning, um, I would do like little fundraisers, um, And I would do like free car wash, donate what you can, or like, you know, little fundraisers. And, Mm. and really it was the logistics of it was I reached out to a few girls and then we started this like dance team. It was called like team hot wheels. Yes. I love it. Um, and then, uh, I had a nonprofit with my dad and then we like merged the two and we were Mm. like a nonprofit dance team. And then like, I was like, I have this vision. I want to move to LA, want to take dance classes. Mm. And I had this every year. I was like, man, like my vision, like what I want is I want to see a ballroom full of women dancing in chairs. Like that's mm-hmm. what I want. Cause that was my background. I was from the competitive dance world, you right. know? So I had this vision and, um, for me, it, it was really hard because it was a nonprofit and I couldn't mm-hmm. raise money. It was mm-hmm. so hard. And, and I was like, you know what? Don't want to have a nonprofit. So I turned into like a business and I was oh, like, yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing, but, um, <laughs> but I'm doing you know, it. I, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. But along the way I met so many amazing people like choreographers and met my assistant. I met a manager like, and they all kind of came in. They're like, I get what you're doing. And mm. I remember my manager was like, what do you want? Mm. You know? And I was like, I-, I want a ballroom full of women dancing in chairs. And he's like, all right, this was 2017. He goes, get a hundred, get a hundred women come. And I was like, I don't even know a hundred people. <laughs> like let alone people are going to come to LA and what yeah. dance. That near, that next year in 2018, we had 115 women and children from 12 countries. Wow! What? So <laughs> we went from 30 to 115. So holy like, shit! That journey and like getting people together. I mean, that's just like our Rolex experience, which is our mm. camp. But the um the actual dance team, you know, getting us together and getting all all of us in the same room, or even just going out to dinner, like heads turn, like yeah, they turn. They're like wow, girls. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> And how, how does that make you feel where you went from this mindset of I, I'm crying because I feel so different to like, we're rolling through bitches, watch the fuck out, look at us, see what we're doing. Like, can you talk to me about that, that shift? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm human and I still have my bad days. You know, yesterday Mm. was my 12 year anniversary of this accident. Like I still like, I still get emotional. And I, I think now I just get more emotional about that young girl that went Mm. through this like traumatic injury, you know, Mm. but, but getting to the point where I am now, you know, it's moments like rolling through a McDonald's drive through. (laughs) <laughs> 10 girls in wheelchairs and we're like we have four wheels like, we're driving. like you know it's moments like yeah. that that like really make me feel like I'm not alone mm. you know like I live in a world of you know fully able bodies like there's mm-hmm. majority of people out there are able bodies but like in my world mm-hmm. a lot of my friends are 
women with disabilities. And mm. it just makes me feel not so alone. Mm. And I think there's so much power behind that. That has really made me feel like if I'm not alone, then I can have a productive and, and, you know, successful life. Yeah. Hell yeah. I know that you were recently married, right? She's a married woman. How was do running a business, getting married, being a social media star, working? Like, how did that all pan out for you? Was it like a crazy time? Was it easier because of COVID? Ugh. Like, walk me through it. Um, I mean, running a business with your best friends is hard in general. Yeah. Hard in general. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I lose sorry, you? Oh, no. You're speaking of my husband's crying. Ah, sorry. He heard us talking Can you about hear me? him. <laughs> yeah. I know. Seriously. Um, but uh, running a business with your best friends is hard in general. And then mm. adding on the extra layer of like planning a wedding and mm. getting married and then like honeymoon, it's like all at once happening. Um, but I will say you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have. Ooh, and I, I feel like I've built this like strength within myself mm. that like I can take on a lot, mm. but I don't know. I just, I feel like, um, that quote always just like sticks with me and, mm you know, running the company and doing social media and going to dance classes and creating content. And then like, also now I'm married and like, what's the next step there? Like, it's yeah. been, I think I've just kind of learned to just roll with the punches, you know, right. and you just kind of go with it. <laughs> yeah. And it makes me also think about like, what challenges have you faced in terms of like having a wheelchair dance team that like normal able-bodied maybe dance companies or dance competitions aren't thinking about like have you yeah. I, i'm sure it's not have you had to but how have you had to self-advocate for your team in terms of like inclusion and um in that process yeah um i mean i will say like i i've really dealt a lot with people and companies not taking me seriously mm. You know, in the very beginning, it, oh, I got a lot of, oh, that's so cute. You have a wheelchair dance team. And I'm like, cute. Bitch, like, we're hot as yeah, shit. Yeah, like, please. <laughs> like, well, also, too, like, what I, my dreams, that's not cute. Like, yeah. don't pity me, you mm. know? Like, mm. and it was more of like a pity sort of thing. Mm. And I'm like, no, there's a need for this. Like, if I need it, then I know there's more people that need it. So I think, like, my struggle that I have faced through, mm -hmm. you know, company and being a woman with a disability and the mm. CEO and like, you know, all these different hats that I wear, like I've learned and I'm trying to break down that stereotype that like a CEO doesn't just look one way, mm -hmm. you know, it, mm -hmm. there's not, it's not just like one, one vision of what a CEO is supposed to look like. A CEO can be look like any of us, yeah, you know, and we can run our own business and we can be successful. And I've just had a lot of, um, hurdles that I've had to like mm. jump over and people that I've had to, um, I've had to, um, what's the word, um, convince mm. that Rolette's experience, our women's empowerment weekend is worth mm. it. Um, mm. and I think what I've, what I've done with the strength of all of the girls that are with us and all of our dance team members and the people that work for us is we've really created our own lane. You know, there's no other dance or women's empowerment weekend for specifically women with disabilities mm. in the world. 
Wow. You know, so we've really paved our own way and we're kind of creating the like book of how to, you know, like we're just yeah. figuring it out. And if you like, you don't do it, who the hell is going to? And I love that you're just like, yeah, we're going to figure it out as we go. And I just know I want to do this thing and we're going to make it happen. And that's exactly yeah. what you're doing. I'd love to ask, like, for me, I've struggled with the word disability the same way I think like the word fat was struggled with for people that are like, fat is not a bad word and it's not a feeling and it's luckily I think changing in the zeitgeist the way that we experience that word and personally I feel that way about disability where I'm like I don't look like I have a disability I don't like you can't see anything about me that gives away that I have a disability and then there's the flip side of that where it's like no you fucking own the word we take it back like mm -hmm. we make people see that it's not a bad word and do you ever run into that that push and pull where it's like you are mm -hmm. able to do so much and like you've you've got so much going on and like you're booked and busy says that <laughs> did you ever struggle with that word because I just like personally oh, yeah. need help <laughs> yeah I mean I think you know being on a reality show and mm -hmm. then like be you know being forced into this like limelight like I really struggled with the word disability for so mm -hmm. long because people, I think it's because the way society mm -hmm. framed it mm -hmm. and I blame society for that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, but I do, and I don't, because we live in a world where like now we are in charge of what we want people to see because yeah. of this, like yeah. we have the power just like TV now, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like we can blow up as much as we want. And so I feel like, you know, we did a whole campaign this, um, past year, about being disabled and blank mm. and taking, like you said, taking back that word mm -hmm. and owning that word and saying, I'm disabled and a boss, I'm disabled mm -hmm. and a writer, like, and owning that and putting that first. And like, you know, I just feel like there's, we. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots. Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. We have the power to take it back and give it a better understanding, you know, mm. because if you think back to like what we see on TV and stuff, people with disabilities, they're not seen. Right. They're just not. Right. There's no education around people mm -hmm. with physical or invisible disabilities. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. there is no education and there's a lack of that in so many different areas. But mm -hmm. with social media these days, you have every way to educate. Mm -hmm. If you're passionate about something, get on the phone and talk about it. You know, yeah. like you, you can. And that's what I love about, you know, the day that we were living in is you can yeah. do whatever you want. I mean, you hit the nail so on the head with social media. Like that is exclusively where I get my disability content. Like I don't have it in my media, in my regular life. I don't get it from doctors. I don't really get it from my friends or able-bodied friends that at least are talking about it. It really is my feeds and my timelines that yeah. I'm learning everything about. Exactly. Um, but speaking I about also, like, oh yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say too, like if... If you're listening to this or watching this, like, and you're like, well, I hate social media, then change what you're following. Mm. You know, like the algorithm shows you what, what it thinks that you want to see because mm. of what you're viewing. Mm. So if you don't want to see negative things, if you don't want to see, you know, um, women that are like stick skinny and it mm. makes you feel bad, like, I get that. I get yeah. that. I don't have a body like the... Mm. Uh, you know, Victoria's Secret models. Mm. Like, I get that insecurity. Like, we all mm. have that. But like, then then change what you're thinking. You know, yeah. change what you're you're seeing. Yeah. And start following people that inspire and motivate you and mm. make you feel good. Like, mm -hmm. it's not social media is not a bad thing. Mm -mm. It's all in what you're following and what you're actually like viewing. Oof. The algorithm is going to change if you change it. You know. Yes. The power back to the viewer. I love that. <laughs> it's so true. Like, I made a conscious effort years ago to say like. I'm done following traditional European beauty yeah. standard things as my main source of juiciness and goodness and filling my soul up with so much more, unfortunately, diverse content um, or underrepresented and, and minority content, um, which brings me to my question of asking about the empowerment and education aspect of what you do and like these women's weekends. And I love in your mission statement, it's like shifting perspective. Like what can someone who's maybe never been to something like that expect in terms of like what they'll learn and be, I don't want to say like forced to reckon with, but I imagine <laughs> that you come feeling a certain way and you leave feeling like empowered as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we started it as just like a girl's weekend and like our activity was dancing. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that I don't want it to just be about dance. Mm -hmm. So now when mm -hmm. you come to Rolette's experience, yes, you'll take four dance classes if you want, or you can go also see four panels. And we have a panel this year about um, advocacy. We have mm -hmm. a panel about um, motherhood and disability. Mm -hmm. What is it like to be a mother? Wow. Whether you're giving birth naturally or you're adopting, like, mm. how is that? Or, mm. um, being boundless mentally, physically, or emotionally. Mm. Um, and then also a whole panel about game changers. Like we have a Paralympian, we have, uh, Ali Stroker, who was the first wheelchair user to be on Broadway. Mm. Like we have amazing people that are a part of it. And, and then we also have our pajama party and our, like <laughs> our awards night and a pool party and you know a lot of fun stuff, but 
you know, there's a lot that you can do at Roulette's Experience, mm. but I think my favorite part is all the stuff that aren't, that you can't show on, right. on video. Right. It's the, it's the conversations that, you know, girls come up to me and they're like, thank you so much for mm. doing this because I finally found like, I have friends. Mm. And I, I remember this one girl came up to me and she, you know, was crying to me and she's like, Charles, it's because of you. I can go on a trip with another wheelchair user. Like I finally wow. found friends and I was bawling. Like, oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like yeah. that's when I realized what we're doing is so much more than dance. It's so much mm. more than just like, you know, making cool dance videos and stuff like that. It's actually changing women's lives mm. and not just women, but also bringing in kids with disabilities mm. and showing them like, here's your role model. Go mm. talk to them, wow. learn from them. Like, you know, and, and mentors coming in. It's, it's just, uh, it's been, it's transformed into something so much bigger than I thought. I ever yeah. I'm like, could can this have. be a year long thing? Does it just have to be a weekend thing? Like is the goal to make it like forever? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> The goal is to make it bigger. You know, mm -hmm. the goal is like maybe a convention center one day. Maybe it's not just women. Maybe it's all mm -hmm. disabilities. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I feel like the the opportunities are endless and yeah. I'm just kind of going with the flow every year. And and I my goal purely is to just shift perspective through dance. Like, that's mm -hmm. my passion. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, dance, you know, not everyone wants to be a professional dancer. But <laughs> for me, I'm like, if that's one part of it, you know, but how can we also educate or like mm. at, use our, um, our voice through mainstream media mm -hmm. or acting like, you know, mm. uh, there's a lot. <laughs> no, I mean, you hit a big piece of conversation that happens in the entertainment industry about like, are we hiring people with actual disability yes. to play? Whew, that's a, that's a whole book we can open and read on. Mm -hmm. Um, I am curious and please correct my language. If I'm saying this incorrectly, is there a difference to the way you approach sort of healing through dance with someone who, and again, tell me if I'm saying this correctly, is someone who was born with a disability and born understanding like the accessibility of wheelchair to someone who like yourself, it happened later in life and not only later, but at a very like transformative age, you know, 17, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> I was just not the same person I am today, but is there a difference in approach that you see happening, um, with what you teach and, and how you empower and shift perspective? Um, I mean, honestly, I feel like dance doesn't see disability. Mm. I feel like literally if you want to dance, anyone can dance. Yeah. And so I don't think it matters if you were born with a disability versus had an injury at whatever age. Mm. I think like whoever I've seen so many amazing dancers that have been born with a disability that I'm like, Oh my God, they can do so much, you know, mm. like, but yeah, I don't think there's like really any difference at all. Mm. I think what, you know, the kind of the barrier that I want to break down is like, you know, to be a roulette, you don't, it, it doesn't have to be a traumatic injury that happened to you. Mm. I'd love to have like more girls be mm. a roulette, you know, yeah. and we are, we put out like an application. So we're probably going to be adding more girls to the family. So, oh, shit. Um, but yeah, I don't think there's any real like uh difference at all. It's mm. just, uh, yeah. It's you so beautifully segued into my next question, which was going to be about like, what is the process of becoming a role at like what does that look like because i've seen those like espn behind the the cheerleading dance squad thing that i'm like that looks intense <laughs> yeah yeah um you know so every year has been like really different and so mm. we're really trying to put into place like an actual outline so mm. um i've had like an audition process in the past and then like it's been kind of like a hey 
are you available? Do you want to do this? Like kind of sure. conversational kind of application, I guess you could say. Yeah. But um, this year we actually did a full-blown application process. They have to learn choreography, submit a video, a video question, answer, like all that. So actually in the next week we are going through all of it and picking out girls that we feel like would be great for it. But we're really looking for dancers because our mm. girls – the world's opening up, thank God. The yeah. world is opening up again. And so some of our girls are actually performing for the Boston Celtics next Ooh, week. Shit. And then like some of us are going to be, you know, holding down the fort here. And we have a big uh, convention that we're putting on um, that we're dancing at. So the girls go like overnight and yeah, it's a lot. Wow. But we're really looking for more dancers. That's like wow. our, our goal. So Wow. Yeah. It, it seems like a complex process of like, do you have to filter out? Like not only location, but type of dance, like what, what do people who maybe want to be involved with roulettes need to know in terms of like skill level, what they should be working on? Um, I mean, to be a roulette, you really have to have the time. <laughs> sure. Really have, like, it's a lot of time. You have to want to be on social media and be okay in front of the camera, mm. be comfortable with talking. Um, and then also to be passionate about something, you know, mm. like be passionate about makeup, dance, fashion, fitness, whatever it is, like have, like, I want women who are passionate about what they believe in part mm. of the company. Mm. So, and I think every year Rolette's kind of evolves into like this next version of itself. And every year we just get better and better. So I'm really excited to bring on more girls this year and, and just grow the family. But, um, yeah, dance is obviously like a big factor of it, but also to having your own thing too, I think is really yeah. important. Yeah. I want to know like, what are the most commonly asked questions you get as like a CEO and founder? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, Ooh, I don't think it's more so like what questions I get as a CEO or founder. Mm -hmm. I think it's more like common questions I get of like, you know, how do you drive or how do you mm. like, things like that, like more around mm. like my, my disability. Mm. Um, but yeah. Interesting. I, do, do you get asked questions? Like, let's say you're working with like, uh, someone that's going to hire the team or like do a performance. Like, do you have to give them sort of your standard of like, morality of like treatment or do you have like clauses you go over with people or do you find that companies are just so um like excited to work with you guys that they kind of can make anything happen um i mean i think there's like a lot of different levels to that as far as like the dancing you know there's a lot of questions that we ask where we're like okay how long is the performance are we dancing mm. with able bodies are we bringing our own choreography mm. um you know how many practices do we need to have? Like, there's a lot of behind the scenes with that. But then, you know, if I'm doing a brand deal with, you know, a, a big brand, there's like all of those logistics. Um, mm. But then also we just did a huge campaign with Aerie, which was yes. amazing. And the Rolettes did that. So that was a Rolettes, um, you know, great opportunity because it wasn't just showcasing one person with mm -hmm. a disability. It was showcasing multiple women yes. with disabilities with different diagnosis and different levels yes. of injury. So I think with that question, I think there's just a lot of like layers to it, but mm -hmm. we've, I'm really proud of the company that we've built because we've been very universal in the opportunities that have come mm. towards us that we have been able to like make them work because our purely our goal is to shift perspective. Mm. So whether that's 
on the Boston Celtics performance stage yes. or in Aerie or on Ellen or, yes. you know, with TD Bank doing a tour, like, or Kelly Clarkson so music cool. video, whatever we've done, we've always tried to stay to our mission and that's mm. shifting perspective. So mm. I think that's such like an, a positive thing that you've decided to include in your mission statement, because I'm assuming there's a lot of emotional labor, like even just the fact that you said so many of the questions you get are more around like your disability and injury. And I have to imagine that gets fucking annoying after a certain amount of time or like, have you fully embraced it and been like, this is part of it. And like, whatever I have to do to break stigma and taboo, like you're the yeah. woman for the job. Well, I think that also goes back to like social media because mm. I think before, before we were, you know, really advocating and really showcasing our life on social media, a lot of the questions were like, how do you do this? How do you do that? How's this? How's that? And when like now they could just look at my Instagram or look at the roulette's Instagram and kind of get those answers. Mm. I feel like that has kind of shifted what the questions are. And now mm. the questions are more like, what do the roulettes do? Who mm. are the roulettes? What's roulette's experience? Why did you start it? Mm. That kind of thing, um, which is really nice because I don't mind. I think I've always looked at the questions that I get around my disability mm. as an opportunity to just educate all of the people that are going to hear here. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like everyone that's going to listen to this and watch this probably will have no idea who I am. Mm. So to me, I don't ever get like annoyed with it mm. or like, because I'm like, this is just another opportunity that I can educate people and show like, yes, I can drive. Yes, I can have a, an amazing husband and I can probably have babies one day. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> I, I can talk about those things yeah. where maybe these people that are listening would never see me on social media. Yeah. And I think what you've, what you've said there is such like an important thing to highlight, which is that with the content you guys are making and, and, and even just like on your personal Instagram and brand, you have the power of what you're putting out there. You're like, here's totally. the questions I feel like answering or like, here's the way yeah. I'm going to explain it to you. It's not someone just like cornering you at the office or like in a grocery store. Like it, it's got to be empowering too for other women with disability to see the way that you're deciding to write your narrative to the world. Like, do you feel yeah. like, you know, do you feel like that's changing with with the way media is is showcasing disability and like the power you have over mm -hmm. it now yeah i mean i think there's always work to be done obviously mm -hmm. there's always work to be done in, in all aspects of like minority groups yeah but i think i think social media has been a huge blessing where it's given the microphone back to us mm -hmm. and been like well if you want to see more of it then do it yourself Mm. And like, sometimes people look at that as like really intimidating, mm. but for me and the roulettes, we're like, all right, let's go. Like, let's play. Let's, let's show them what they need to see. Or like, mm. let's show them what we think is missing in the world. Mm. And I think that also like, you know, and we can probably talk about this, but too, but I think that also there's this like word around people with disabilities where mm -hmm. people will go, oh, you're so inspiring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a very interesting, um, discussion in the community that I would love to talk to you about yeah. of like our community, not liking that mm -hmm. we are inspirational. Mm, go off I'm, this. Tell me. <laughs> I, am in, I am inspired by my best friends. I'm mm. inspired by the Rolettes. I'm mm -hmm. inspired by Ali Stroker. Who's the first wheelchair user to be on Broadway. Mm -hmm. They're an inspiration to me. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, mm -hmm. but I think what the average, you know, 
person out there that doesn't know anyone with a disability, they would see me in a grocery store with a basket on my lap getting groceries. And as a newly injured person, they'll be like, oh, you're so inspiring. You're mm. here. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm fucking so grocery shopping. Like, <laughs> and, it, and I think like, I think we have to, as people with disabilities and people who don't have disabilities or don't, or don't know someone with a disability, we have to understand that there's two different types of inspiration. Mm. One is a pity inspiration. Mm. And the second one is actually genuinely inspired by mm. someone, no matter what they look like, no matter what color their skin is, mm. being inspired in that way. Mm. And I think I'm very thankful that people have said to me like, wow, you are, you're such an inspiration. I'm like, wow, thanks. Cause there's a lot of shit I had to, to get <laughs> yeah. where I am. And like, wow, like I, if I was a little girl and I had a disability, like I, yeah, I'd be inspired by me too. And I don't think mm. there's anything wrong with that. Mm. So I really want to start like changing that narrative of mm. what it means to be an inspiration because, yeah. you know, getting my wheelchair out of the car, like <laughs> I guess that could inspire someone that doesn't really feel like waking up, you know, sure. or like o opening up the curtains. Like, I guess that could be really inspiring yeah, to them, sure. as long as it's not in like a pity way. That's so, so important to highlight. And, and I think it's also important to highlight that like some people with disability aren't, don't want to be an inspiration. Like they're not no. trying, that, that's not their choice. Like you very much yeah. made a choice to be like, look at fucking all the shit I've overcome. Look at what I can do. Look at what I've done. Mm -hmm. Just at disability or not is a yeah. huge big deal and some people aren't asking for that and i'm glad exactly. you brought that up because i think that people say it also to make themselves feel better or more yes. comfortable you know they're not exactly honestly yeah. meaning it it's like bitch you don't even know me I'm yeah. how do you know that i'm not like a horrible person <laughs> like exactly. there's nothing about me of, yeah exactly and i think that's where it comes to, some people it comes from like a pity mm -hmm. but for me like when i started i didn't start roulettes to inspire i did not mm. i started purely because i needed something yeah. i started because i wanted friends i wanted to dance and yes roulettes experience is like a really great event and like yes it has turned into like this big thing. And I kind of didn't realize it was going to turn into it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think for me, I just, I didn't start this to be an inspiration. I don't mm. keep this going because I want to be an inspiration. Mm. I keep it going because I'm passionate about it. Roller experience is my mm -hmm. passion project, mm -hmm. you know, but me getting groceries and someone <laughs> feeling bad about themselves, it, that's like different. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought that up. What do you... What is, I mean, I know we kind of talked about like making the roulettes like a bigger thing. That's, that's like the goal, but what do you personally see for yourself in like the next five, 10 years? What's like the dream goal with not only dance and the roulettes, but like personally, what do you want to keep doing in this, uh, industry, if you will? Gosh, that's a very interesting. You're like, question. I just got married. Um... Leave me alone. I was so busy. <laughs> I just did a lot of shit. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, for me personally, I really want to challenge myself to live more in the moment. Mm. I think that's like a big thing with just like being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. is like, you're always looking for the next best thing or the mm -hmm. next thing that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, being on a big tour and then being on mm -hmm. Ellen and being in music videos, like I've never really, I forgot to live in the moment in those, mm -hmm. in that time where I was like, man, like I'm never going to get that, that feeling back mm. of the first time I was on, you know, a reality show or like, yeah. and I think I just, for me personally, I want to 
keep practicing living in the moment. But as far mm. as role, and of course, you know, I would love to see about like starting a family one day, like whenever that may be. And, um, but as far as roulettes and roulettes experience, my goal is to keep roulettes experience being the largest women's empowerment weekend for women with disabilities. Like yes. that's, that's my goal. <laughs> and whatever that may be, I think every year it might shift a little bit. And mm-hmm. I would love to have, you know, all disabilities one day. And maybe who knows, maybe we have a, maybe it's a co-ed event one day. Mm. I I don't know, whatever, whatever the world takes it into, you know, I think Mm -hmm. we evolve as the world evolves. Um, Mm. but yeah, that's kind of my goal. And, um, yeah, I think that's like really it. Hell yeah. I love that too. That's like a good note to end on of like, we all need to be more (laughs) mindful. Okay. We all can appreciate like, taking inventory and stock of all the things that we have done and living in the moment and, you know, comparing despair affects everyone and to remember to just live here and now. And I think that that's, that's a good bow to put on this (laughs) Chelsea, but tell me if anyone listening wants to find more out about you, where do you want to be found? So you can check out Rolettes on rolettesdance.com. We are on all social media platforms, Rolettes underscore LA. We're on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, and then you can find me on just chelseahill.com. C-H-E-L-S-I-E. Oh yeah, that's very important to note. It is yes. C-H-E-L-S-I-E, which is a way I'm that different. people spell it. Yeah, listen, I've seen with Kelsey, it's been K-E-L-S-E-A-S-I-E. I mean, like, we don't discriminate here. Yeah. Be part of the fam. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. Don't forget Confidant. All of that will be linked in the description below. Be sure to check out Chelsea and all the things that the Rolettes are doing. And we will see you next week.